The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhezo Mabete on SAFM. Good evening, uh, Deputy Speaker Ndadele Tsenori. How are you this evening? Uh, good evening, Songhezo. Um, I'm generally okay uh, this evening. I'm looking forward to my uh, late night sleep today. Well, I can guarantee you will get your late night sleep because for the next hour we are not going to be giving you any heart palpitations. Here on this platform we talk one at a time. We actually answer the question that is asked as opposed to giving a response in the name of an answer. So I'm sure this is going to be the conversation between ourselves as it shall be between you and the guests that you have identified for this program. But suffice to say we are eternally grateful for your availing time, especially in these busy days and times as we lead towards the first ever virtual State of the Nation address. Tell us in that context then, please, how are the preparations? Because this is all uncharted territory for you guys. Well, uh, fortunately, Songhezo, the, since the, the, the lockdown and uh, almost literally forcing us to quickly move to conduct business of parliament online, it was absolutely necessary that uh, we adapt. It was hilarious to hear members as they cook over up here. Of course, <laughs> it was a very interesting way in which people who ordinarily would have wanted to take their own time before adapting the use of technology were in a sense, because of the circumstances, forced to learn quickly, and they did learn quickly. There were, of course, glitches at the beginning and so on, but in the majority of of instances, people uh, got to grips with the technology. And so, although you are right in that uh, this will be unique for a variety of reasons, including the fact that uh, being a hybrid, um, uh, it will be something else altogether. There are also circumstances around which uh, it is going to be especially a particularly somber uh, state of the nation address this time around. Somber because? Many of our members uh, that ordinarily would be present in the house or online this time have passed on, mm. like so many other South Africans who have passed on. We are not immune to the impact of COVID-19. And so the reason we are holding in the manner in which we are doing yes. is precisely to comply with the regulations, the disaster management regulations that require us not to gather in huge numbers and only gather uh, for this specific purpose under, under strict numbers and uh, spread to maintain social distance uh, so that this event itself does not become uh, a spreader of the COVID uh, virus amongst members and so on with the likely possibility uh, of what it can do to us uh, if we are un- un- unprotected, so to speak, by complying with the measures that are required. So in that sense, uh, that they would have otherwise been there with us, and they are not going to be, it's a very sad moment. 
uh, those who were members and those who were not members, people outside the in communities who themselves have wanted to hear what the president in 2021 has to say in these difficult conditions the country finds itself in. So we are sad that this is what we are going to have to be dealing with. And many families are still going through mourning. Mm. Uh, uh, as we speak today, a friend of mine died uh, whose memorial service is on Thursday and um, uh, some time. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's, a sad, it's a sad period of time. Uh, many, many, many yeah. of us in various neighborhoods mm. are still reeling from the shock of losing our loved ones. So it is in that sense that I'm saying it will itself be a somber occasion for that reason. I'll always make time for the human story. You make reference to the fact that somebody as close to you as a friend has since passed on. Do you just want to send a message of condolences to the family of the deceased? Give the friend a name as well. Let's give him his final dignity as we part ways with him. That it's a note. His name is Chusa Cheu, and uh, his wife Lebu and children. I really wish to wish them well in this difficult period as they have to go through the reality that he has passed on. It's the most difficult time just as the year begins, when everyone is looking up to a great year and uh, one key member of the family passes on as he did. Uh, it is a very sad moment. He, he was at some stage a chair of the, uh, the external audit committee uh, for parliament uh, for a period of time. He was also at the beginning in 1994, the under secretary of the Senate, uh, the precursor of the National Council of Provinces in Parliament. Yes. So in a sense, he was uh, a found, part of the founding team of the new dispensation mm. and establishment. He also, his last job was at ESCOM. He was in the legal corporate governance part of the ESCOM. He retired from there. He was now on his own uh, for the last two years, I think it is. Condolences to so the family. So he died of India. heart attack from what we know. For sure. No, we appreciate yes, that. No, and friends, and friends, yeah. A very, a very social fellow who was always uh, uh, happy and he made very good company. And uh, yeah, there are many of us who, who will miss him for a long time. Indeed. Thank you so much for that beautiful, I will say, an impromptu eulogy because we have to give the space in which we find ourselves in still, despite all of its challenges, a human face because we are ultimately dealing with human lives. And on that account, I invite the broader South African public to participate, please, in this conversation. We have the Deputy Speaker of the National Assembly, Ndade Lechisa Tsenodi, on the line. I'm engaging with him for another 10 or so minutes before he takes over because, of course, as you know, as is tradition on Tuesdays here on The Viewpoint, we have the hashtag Tuesday Takeover, and he is our guest. So, 011-714-2006, please give us a call, talk to him, talk to me, talk to us one at a time and give answers. Of course, that's how things are done here, unlike somewhere else. I will not mention that place. Drop us a WhatsApp voice note, 0614-104-107, and let's get this show going as we usually do. Dadetsenodi, precisely because you have made reference to the fact that there are human beings who are affected by the epoch in which we are finding ourselves in. And all of us, none 
are immune to it. Does it not disappoint you what the government at large has done in its response to COVID-19, particularly on matters to do with procurement and how emergency procurement under the state of disaster has been abused by what can only be classified as criminals who saw opportunity in a global pandemic and, which is worse, they did so literally at the expense of people's lives. How tragic is this? How, at which heart strings does it pull for you as an individual, as well as a member of parliament, a senior one at that? Song uh, uh, you know, um, as we grew up as a young activist, we, we used to read a lot of uh, accounts of uh, revolutionary attempts to build nations elsewhere uh, in order to study what is likely to confront us when we take over. And one of the sad things that we came to know was that even as we go through periods of from the old order to the new order, that there are people who are globally looking at both internally in our own countries, but also externally, who are looking at these opportunities to take advantage of the situation for their personal, private, completely selfish, ridiculously selfish manner to rob from the poor. This is an outrageous thing that has happened. It is absolutely bad that we have had people doing that. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm saying that because it's not like completely uh, uh, the some of the people spoke about about it in the likelihood and so on. But the magnitude that are, that, that are now imagining in what is likely to happen, uh, that to, to try and close as many loopholes as possible inside all parts of the institutions of governance across the board uh, would have been something else altogether. We, we wish, uh, in addition to building, strengthening the institutions, we will look at ourselves in our neighborhoods and in, in, in our communities. How do we uh, discourage actively in our neighborhoods that you do not become a professional, you do not become a public servant, and then risk what would have been the family investment in your growth and development so that you can be a good uh, support to the family and the rest of it as we do in the communities we come from. And then you choose to take shortcuts and you choose to want to, to be greedy and want to break every rule that you can get with the hope that you won't be caught. How does it make it's you feel, Dadetsunori? How do you feel because of everything you have said? Now, what does it no, do I'm for you? It's an outrage that should be condemned in the most extreme. Uh, I can't describe fully the madness that I have in my heart about uh, this kind of stuff. I come from Bloemfontein. Unfortunately, the language we use there uh, cannot be used on public media <laughs> such as this. Uh, so, so, uh, uh, otherwise, I really have choice language to describe that and what they have done, and uh, the sadness it visits the victims 
of their thievery and stealing. Uh, that thievery uh, is hurting. It hurts because you can see that there are people who would have benefited from these uh, uh, resources that were available to the public, at least professionals also who were working day and night to protect nurse people back to health, to combat and stop this uh, pandemic in its tracks. And then you steal their, uh, what would have been, what they need to protect themselves as they do this valuable, humane work that their jobs requires them to do. It is really an outrage that uh, it must not be allowed to grow and develop anywhere in the world, worse in our country, which has come through such a terrible place. Outside me simply saying this, all of what you have said remains no more than a platitude or remains no more than platitudes. What can the people then expect the establishment to do in response to those who are known and are identified to have been the purveyors of this evil, essentially. What, what can we expect to be done? Not said. Platitudes we've heard enough of. Well, unfortunately, uh, some guesses, we can't stop talking, including to communicate what must be done. Because if we do not do that, there are people who outsource their responsibility in the first place, not to buy stolen goods, including a, a, a worker uh, uh, and sometimes professionals who are involved, and I was referring to the, uh, who were involved in court stealing these things and going to sell them and some people buying them. It is about us taking individual and collective responsibility across the chain. The law must take its course. Uh, we must be law governed. We must not allow the law of the jungle because that's an easy route. Uh, we can set people one against another on the basis that these have been identified. These are stiff. Let's go and uh, do ABCD to them and so on. The All right. law must take its course. We have exceeded the, the, the responsibility to do that on our own as individuals. We must create conditions for this system to be effective and to do what they were meant to do, the jobs that they have to do. And, so, and the cleaning up operations that are, away, that are underway now, we must support them in every way possible. Dadele Chisatsunori, the Deputy Speaker of the National Assembly, taking some questions in relation to the politics of the day. Of course, later this evening, in some seven or so minutes, he will take over as we have a guest every Tuesday on the hashtag Tuesday Takeover. Right now, I have time for a couple of calls. Please do make them. Johannesburg, 714-2006. If you're going to drop us a voice note, please remember the rules. Under a minute, no noise, straight to the point. And where we can, we certainly will respond. First out of the starting blocks of this evening, unlike the usual suspect, Mike, who has come in second, we have Ayanda Edujwa. Good evening, Ayanda. Thank you for calling. Very good evening, sir. Uh, and uh, to your guest, that it's in a Indeed, indeed. Good evening, sir. Yeah. <coughs> it's Ayanda No, I just have this question uh, for that it's in that it's in order. Don't you see yourself as politicians? And I'm asking you this because you are 
also the member of the parliament, uh, as cruel and uh, ungrateful to the public servants. That uh, you, there are people that uh, are as old as your age that uh, are working uh, in the Department of Health and Nurses and uh, non-clinical staff and so on. Uh, that uh, you you send them to work while you as the members of the parliament are sitting in ho- at home, working at home because you are afraid of this uh, virus. Because it is very, very, very dangerous. It It is killing people all, all, all over the world. But you as the members of the, why are you not working from the parliament while you are sending people, uh, all people from work while you are, you are sitting at home? Don't you see yourself as cruel? And that as a parliament, uh, people are dying. The government said they were going to compensate the people that uh, um, died because of this virus. And nothing like that has happened. Has happened. Don't you see yourself as cruel? Thank you so much. He's got the question. Don't you see yourselves as cruel? Mm, Harsh words. Mike in Newlands. Yes. Uh, Good evening, Songeza. Thanks very much. The wonders of talk radio. What a pleasure it is to speak to you, to speak to you, deputy speaker, this evening. And uh, yeah, it's absolute privilege. Thank you for coming on air. And uh, I I just want to say that I'm I'm not buying into your sympathy, though I don't mean to be unkind in my sympathies for your loss and bereavement of your friend, but you know. The trouble is we have a party here with absolutely no consequences. We, we went through the horrendous scandal of PP. We thought it couldn't get any worse. I mean, how do you... We have had absolutely no consequences to the massive theft that is going on. And now you're asking us to trust in the police and to trust in the fact that there will be consequences. I still can't get over the fact that Kodani Flangu, who was the MEC for Health or ex-MEC, who sat through the Essidemeni scandal, to this day, you're allowed to remain an ANC member of NP. She retired with an 11 million rand pension and walked proudly with our president down the streets. But she was responsible, sir, for the death of about 164 patients who died in the cruelest of ways. So I'm struggling to understand the sympathy that the ANC should be displaying towards the people because I just don't see it. And as the previous caller said, I'm, I'm just not buying into it. People are dying in this country, yet there are absolutely no consequences. Nobody goes to prison. Nobody goes to jail. And I don't know how many years we've had the ANC power, and I can't think of one person. There must be somebody out there somewhere has gone to jail. But, sir, quite frankly, it is a big disappointment. And, uh, yeah, I don't mean to be unkind, but I'm just feeling crocodile tears. I'm not buying into the sympathy here because people need to see people suffer for the damage they've done to our country. Thanks so much, uh, Fungeso. Thank you so much, Mike. Much appreciated. And that it's in order. You might want to respond to these two callers. These are the only two so far who are on the line. Yes. Uh, let me start with the, uh, the gentleman from Etudra. No, we are not cruel. Secondly, the reason why Parliament, the, the regulations, the disaster management regulations, require that uh, all workplaces must limit the number of people who are there. Uh, in this instance, we are saying only 50 people must be in the house and there must be social distance, there must be proper sanitation so that 
the gathering of people in each workplace must be attended to by, by each employer. All employer places, there's a, there are specific numbers that of people who are required to be in at workplaces, including those that are not government, uh, private sector-driven companies. Uh, there are requirements for the numbers who must be there so that we limit the spread of the virus. That's the reason for that. So we can't, all 496 of us, go and gather inside parliament in a manner in which we ordinarily would do if there was no COVID that would spread amongst us so that in no time the entire group uh, has not just been inf uh, uh, in infected, but would also in turn, because of our daily interaction with the public, infect the public as well and increase the problem. So the reason is that, that's the reason why even in parliament, we insist that uh, like all, it's a workplace. There are 1,300 workers there. We can't have those workers, all of them, in the same workplace with the risk that they will be infected and some of them may not survive because like some of us, many of us have comorbidities. In other words, they've got other ailments that weakens their ability to cope with disease when they are hit by disease. It is necessary that whoever it is, including the courts, the courts themselves, there's a requirement that they must keep their numbers limited. So I thought I should say that, and, and in, in fact, indicate that uh, the, 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 the resources that we made sure and agreed to, some of them may have come to an end. We are debating that they must be extended to as many people as possible who otherwise would not be able to get uh, support from the state. Sure. So Your response to Mike and Dade? So, no, no, no. Uh, uh, the question of building responsiveness of the overall justice system is a critical one. Uh, already, because of the amendment of the regulations of the Zondo Commission, the State Capture Commission, so that uh, the prosecuting authority can use evidence before the Zondo Commission can be used uh, in addition to any other investigation to convict uh, to take people to court and do so. And this is happening in numbers. People have been charged. We must always remember that people in the past were arbitrarily arrested. We are strengthening the capacity of the state to be able to do its job. The numbers of professionals, uh, lawyers and other technical people with expertise in the National Prosecuting Authority have been uh, given those resources, they have employed people. This is why the increase in the charges of people who are identified, whatever their status in society, is increasing with the view that they will be successfully prosecuted. We don't want to take people to court and they escape on a technicality. That when evidence is gathered and they are found to be guilty, they must be dealt with, including inside the police service itself. Uh, because uh, no church, no police uh, environment, no social environment is not affected by acts of wrongdoing and in many instances, illegality 
and blatant corruption in many instances and criminality. Those, the law is after them. All right. The law we'll... might be slow, but we hope when it beats, it will have the biggest effect on the kind of outcomes we would like to see all of us in society. Yeah, we can't outsource all of that, though, to the law. The political will question is really what I believe Mike was really trying to go for. But nonetheless, let's take a couple of voice notes before we really do have to end this segment. Please be watchful of the time that it's in order. After these two voice notes, I'll give you all of a minute to respond to the two of them. Hashtag the viewpoint. This is also too deep in Newcastle, 106.7 FM. Good evening, Mr. Tsenodi. What is your message of support to those who have lost hope to listen to the state of nation address due to the bad news from the vaccine? So how can you motivate them? What are your expectations on that one? This is also to deep in Newcastle, 106.7 FM. Uh, this is Donald from Green. In my opinion, quite frankly, it is an open secret. The reason why we've seen so much decay and deterioration in this country over the past 25 years is because there is this strong sense of impunity and lack of accountability that dominates across the landscape of South Africa. How on earth are we expecting a country to be properly run when people are not held when people are not held to account, when criminals are not punished by the law, or when people seem to, when people seem to evade their prosecution. So in my opinion, the reason why we've seen so much decay is due to lack of accountability. Unfortunately, I do not see it changing as long as the ruling party is still in power. One minute in response in that it's an the, the, the Minister of Police in Parliament uh, mentioned uh, statistics and numbers of people who, who uh, were crimes that were committed in a variety uh, of areas. And he gave numbers of how many people have been arrested. And as we speak, they are facing uh, uh, charges in court. They, some of them have gotten bail, some have not gotten bail. And the process of prosecuting them is underway. So there have been uh, uh, a variety uh, of those that is underway. Uh, the, the problems of the vaccine, and this is what we're confronting right now in the overall uh, campaign against the, the virus. There will be steps that are undertaken. The people from whom this was procured are themselves involved in finding a solution to this thing. In addition to the reality that there are others who the president Honorable member, your time who are expired. going to come through with the vaccines as at the beginning and end of March. So that is underway and will continue to happen. Thank you so much, Dadits and Odiwem. Appreciate that. We have to move on, of course, because the more we talk, the less time you will have of what you actually <laughs> are here <laughs> for. Hashtag the Tuesday Takeover. <laughs> so with much further <laughs> ado... Sam Gizoma came all the blame and accountability <laughs> for that. <laughs> I will happily do so. I will happily do so. Something you're probably not familiar with in the spaces in which you operate. Am I right? Anyway, after this ad break, it's all yours.